You are listening to Tales from the Trenches by Nicola Graham, a podcast focusing on all things business change related. Time to hand over to you, Nick. Hey guys, this is Nicola here and welcome to yet again another podcast of Tales from the Trenches of Change Management. I'm joined here with my co-founder Zane Bloor today and we thought we'd have a little chit chat about the up and coming buzzword of the metaverse. So for those of you who may be interested in learning more about the metaverse or just I guess what we have opinions about it, we thought we would just record a nice little conversation between ourselves. So hey Zane, welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks, Nick. Good, good. So I'm gonna start this off, Zane. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the metaverse? I have heard of the metaverse, yes. So come on then, what do you consider the metaverse to be? So for me, the metaverse is obviously a new concept, but it's it's really based on, on old fundamentals, really. So it's just a new term that's been coined, if you like, to, to bring everything together. So uh, the metaverse, for me, is the, the joining of the virtual and the physical reality together. So what that means is all the new technologies that are happening today that we're starting to use, let's say WebEx calls, Teams calls, that's an example of some of the, the metaverse in action mm-hmm. are coming together and they'll only continue. So anyone who's tried VR worlds, that is the f- way things are going with the metaverse and uh, that's the continuation. That, that's what encompasses the metaverse, joining the the physical and the virtual together. So virtualizing the real world, huh? Effectively, yeah. And providing also the, the information from the virtual world in the real world. So if you're wearing glasses, for example, I could look at uh, something in a shop window and see the price in my glasses without having to Google it, for example. Or if Sorry, in the real world or the virtual world? Wearing glasses that project, project <laughs> information onto the screen and then right. I could, they would know what I'm looking at and then do a Google search, etc., and find out the price or whatever I'm looking at, and show it to me. Are you kidding me? Are you not? Do you not find that scary? That is terrifying, frankly. I find it terrifying, but it's uh, also quite useful. Imagine looking at someone and knowing exactly what they're wearing in terms of, hey, I want to wear those denim jeans, knowing the size, where they came from, how much they were. Straight okay. away. Well, in my opinion, that goes into a massive need for more data management and centralized data mm-hmm. um, obviously I may be wearing a pair of jeans for example that are a bespoke little shop and that shop is going to take a long time to get their data centralized into a place like the metaverse no? yeah and that's one of the problems so generally uh, the big companies have ended up winning this so those small companies won't be integrated with the metaverse it'll be big companies Facebook Amazon Google of the world mm-hmm. who will have their automated catalogs yeah. and so on and get their foot in the door. So anyone wearing my Amazon glasses, not Tom Ford glasses, will be able to use Amazon's back catalogue to see all of this information. But that's just one example. There are other examples, like in education, in finance and so on, which are really quite interesting. Yep, yep, true. And some of the stuff I was reading was also about the um, advantages to, say, things like surgery. So if, if your doctors are going to be performing some really critical heart sur- surgery, they can actually virtualize that whole environment so that they can really truly understand if it's going to work for them before they actually operate on a patient. So some of this is pretty good. And not to mention, let's face it, you can start having a lot more of a virtual reality world with either colleagues or friends or loved ones in other countries, say in Australia. You mm-hmm. may be in the middle of the outback, for example, 
and you may not be able to relate to anyone, but next minute you're in this metaverse where you can physically be sat next to somebody, right? Absolutely right. But you also need to consider the, the obstacles with that and the problem. So just recently, I think it was a few months ago, Facebook launched the first version, if you like, of their metaverse. Mm. And one of the events that actually happened was um, a woman walked in with her avatar. She became an avatar with virtual goggles, and so she was in this virtual environment. The first thing that happened was she walked in into the lobby and so on, and she was attacked by three men. They came up to her and started saying things and so on. And this is a true story. It actually happened. And there were no controls in place to effectively regulate what's, what's, you know, allowed. So she was effectively attacked. And that's the downside, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's also that kind of safeguarding and the child protection elements of it as well, Mm -hmm. because I could walk into the metaverse and choose to be any avatar I want, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone here surely has either read or seen Ready Player One, and you know that half the time you're talking to what you perceive to be a female, and it's not actually a female, it could be completely something different, right? So does this open opportunities and put people more at risk as well? Yeah, and that's one of the the issues that needs a lot of attention is who regulates the metaverse? Is it the company that you own? Is it Facebook? Do you really want Facebook to regulate itself? How does that work? Mm. There's a big issue there. But the the opportunities, I think the issues shouldn't uh, overshadow the opportunities. Like your training, for example, in education is a great one where doctors and students can learn more about the anatomy and so on in in a better way than they can currently. So there are lots of opportunities. Yeah, that's fair enough. And let's face it, I mean, the world is changing um, massively, especially in the space of technology. And it's fair to say that this is beyond anything that we'd expected. So if you were a creator yourself, Zane, what would you want to include in your metaverse world? Wow, that's a really interesting question. Keep it clean. (laughs) Well, mm, if I was a creator, so I'm not a huge creator, I write a bit, but uh, play the piano? Interesting. I could have a sort of a recital room or, you know, recordings of me playing the piano. That would be quite interesting. So people who are interested in that could listen to how I've played various songs, which would be interesting. What would I include in terms of a business setting in the metaverse? That's uh, another take on that. But what about yourself? What would you put in the metaverse? Mm, I don't know. I think it'd be quite cool to, I mean, I am watching a bit of Dexter at the moment. I think it'd be quite cool to kind of have this nice white room and just kind of use paint, and, <laughs> like use paint and splash kind Sorry, of splatter marks we and things like that. That is clean. I'm not talking about killing people, clearly. Yeah, I thought you were going to go about... a different no, way no, no, with no, the whole no. Dexter thing. But there you are. Does, you know, there's an, there's an argument for you there. Would this, would this metaverse enable people to play out their deepest, darkest fantasies, whatever they are, but keep them in a virtual space that protects everybody. I I imagine if you just look at the internet as it is now and what's possible on the internet, that is quite likely. But here's another question. Say you kill someone's avatar, have you actually killed them? Is it a big issue? Is it not? What do you think? Well, people are killing each other all the day in in computer games. avatar, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how different is it to that, really? Except for the, the, the reality or the, the feeling of reality. It, it might be a little bit more closer to home because it might exactly. look like you've died. You've effectively potentially been stabbed or, you know, and that can be really traumatic for someone in a virtual world. Have you tried virtual go- VR goggles? Mm-hmm. And imagine when you, you're in that. Or when that, you do that jumping one where you fall off the, exactly. walk in the plank. You walk the plank and it feels, feels like you've walked off the plank. Yeah. Imagine someone killing you. And, and this is... Only version one of those products. Imagine when you can feel what's happening. Yeah, like yeah in, you're having your like skin, feeling suits, feel can, suits, and everything. Yeah, yeah all the all the different senses 
that's the way this is going. You don't need to leave your home. You can get all of those senses. So this is this is a massive conversation, right? Yeah. And obviously, our, our uh, listeners don't want to listen for five hours of what we can Why we not? can spill, spill about the metaverse. But so let's pull this back into maybe a business opportunity here. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that you would prefer to have a separate world for your metaverse being in business versus your personal life, or would you be happy to use them together? Like use Facebook as an example. Most people I know have a Facebook account and they let all of their business colleagues come onto that now. Mm -hmm. Would you want that? Or would you want to keep them private? I, I would separate. separate them really because I, I see different people being interested in different things in my life. Really, you get the my family and friends who are interested in me personally. Business colleagues, they're more focused on the business side, and you can project different personalities. To mix the two together, um, does some business colleague really want to know or need to know that I, I'm really rubbish playing the piano? I don't think it's relevant. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think I think I agree with you. I, I would always keep them separate, and I think that your avatar would reflect that. I mean, we, we all have different reflections mm. to who we are in business versus who we are in the real world, or in the personal life, should I say. Great example is when you go on a WebEx call or Zoom call, uh, do, you, do you dress up well, or do you, do you put on smart nah, trousers Nah, I stay in my pajamas. <laughs> I mean, the top half of you. What about the bottom half? Yeah, That's the like difference, a, right? Yeah, complete split personality yeah, between exactly. clothing, I'm sure. Um, okay, so how about the generations? So I personally, I've, I've got two teenagers, you know, and they are wonderfully absorbed into all of the virtual realities and all of the, the gaming. And I, if I'm honest, they make me feel completely from a different generation, of which I am, but they re it really displays this bridge, this gap between us, sorry. Yeah. Do you think that the metaverse could actually close that gap between the generations, or do you reckon it's going to, it's going to, you know, just to highlight it even more? I think it'll highlight even more. Although I don't think it'll be consistent across the generations. So kids will just jump into it immediately. Probably the the younger kids more than the older kids. Older kids are used to the Xbox, but are they used to VR goggles? That's different. They mm. might be old-fashioned to their younger siblings, if you like. Mm. But and, and the older generation, I think, too, could jump onto it um, just because it gives them opportunities to interact with more people, which is great. Yeah. But the people in the middle, I would say, the, the middle-aged people, if you like, they're probably going to struggle because mm. they're busy just living their normal lives and they, they might miss out on the opportunities mm. um, that are presented. See, I see it slightly different. Um, I mean, and I, I did some research uh, recently around generations and the preference of generation, uh, the generational differences between uh, online meetings versus mm -hmm. real meetings. So, mm -hmm. for example, the generation roughly between the ages of 20 to 26, 27 actually had a preference for face-to-face -face meetings. Mm -hmm as did the people, the generations in the 40s to 50s, mm -hmm. but actually you had this, the, these chunks in between, so younger mm -hmm. and older than, that, than the, the 20s to 30s generation that actually really preferred the online, mm -hmm. um, online meetings. So I suspect that you might find similar with the metaverse. I mean, I, I can see some really great uh, case, uh, cases here. I've got a paraplegic father, he doesn't get out. He, he very much stays in his home for his own comforts, which mm -hmm. I can completely understand. But this gives him an opportunity to actually come into our worlds and yeah, we can sit together and watch a movie together or whatever yeah. it might be in this mm -hmm. virtual place. I think that would really, I think it would actually bridge a gap between younger and older generations in that sense. Mm. Um, however, there, I, I do think there are always people, I'm, I myself am still, even after two years of COVID and 
being locked away in houses and having to see people uh, on screens, I mm -hmm. still absolutely hate it. Um, you know, change manager here doesn't change, you know, uh, <laughs> a cleaner's house is always dirty, as they say. Yeah. Um, but I personally still, you cannot beat face to face to me. And so the idea of this metaverse and going virtual terrifies me. Do you think it might be a personality thing? So I was on the mm. train today, standing on my commute into London now, unfortunately, because uh, there are more people coming into London. Anyway, I was standing on this train and it was okay for me because I'm sort of used to it because I've been coming in for quite a while. Anyway, um, someone sitting next to me was complaining on his phone about how dreadful this commute was and how he hated it. But for me, it's just, it's okay. It's sort of, you do you something like it, else. Yeah. You listen to music, you read a book, anything like that. Yeah. But for those people who are not used to, let's say, the commute anymore, uh, something like the Metaverse might really work. They don't need to travel, for example. So I think it's going to be a mixture of lots of different elements. Mm. Some people will jump into it. Some people will, won't. And it might pass them by completely. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And and if I'm honest, I personally also, as uh, you know, the, the fear I have is this metaverse might end up replacing my personal aspects as well around yeah. things like... Um, virtualization with my children it's bad enough that when they're, when they're with their dads as, dad as it is you know that being a single parent these these times where I don't see the kids it's all through phone I mean the amount of times I've had to have a word or a, com a serious conversation with them over whatsapp yeah. I'm gonna be thrown into a metaverse having these interactive virtual parenting sessions oh, with you, my children you could be parenting them in the metaverse that would yeah. be something else. And actually, would that therefore be a be, be an opportunity? Because all of a sudden, those times where I'm not spending time with the children, I can yep. jump on and feel like I'm physically seeing them. I Absolutely. can still give them a virtual hug. Maybe that is a bonus, you know? It, it might be. So what do you think, as a, a change management expert, what do you think are some tips or tricks, do you think, to, to for us to adjust to the metaverse and take advantage of it? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me personally, don't take my, my advice that I'm spinning off here and going, ah, I'm scared of the metaverse but I think I think let's let, let's focus on a business opportunity here I think it's going to be really important for companies to start to understand the metaverse it is coming whether we like it or not it is coming it's going to be there so there will be um, there will be a, a need for change within every organization companies are going to have to start accepting that they're that their clients and competitors are going to be jumping in the metaverse. So to keep up with, with mm -hmm. these changing trends, they're going to have to be involved, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's going to it's going to be important for organizations to understand the benefits of the metaverse. Yeah. So for example, it's gonna be a great way to host meetings. You know, you are going to have those clients that want to to host or, or be hosted in in that metaverse way. Yeah. And there's obviously there's limitations to video conferencing as, as we speak. Mm -hmm. There's that lack of personal connection. Mm -hmm. So the metaverse hopefully will make us feel like we're actually sitting in the same place yeah. and interact interacting with somebody with those digital avatars. So if we can get used to that, that's brilliant. That's a great mm -hmm. benefit and message for your for your teams. Yeah. I mean, it's going to help people. I mentioned my dad already, but it's going to help people with um, accessibility needs. Mm -hmm. So some people may struggle with technologies the way they are today. Metaverse will help with that. Hopefully, anyway, if they've certainly thought about that. What about challenges? What are, what are some obstacles that you need to overcome? Um, very much it's going to be understanding that this is going to have a huge and diversified change curve. So you're going to deal with lots of different generations. But as you mentioned, personality differences. 
you're going to have some people in different stages of that of that fear curves and so you're going to have to ensure that you put together a very strong tight uh, change management strategy mm -hmm. to understand the impact to your teams so ensure that you are embedding that change man management strategy into what you're changing make sure that those impacts are are, are gathered and they are documented in a way to ensure that you are helping and assisting people mm -hmm. and most importantly other than obviously great engagement and communication most importantly it's all about time understanding and reassurance so really just given giving it the time it needs mm -hmm. for everyone to begin to adopt and embrace that you don't want to exclude people you want to bring everyone Absolutely along so not, yeah. making sure that that happens is really crucial what, what would you say are, are some ways you could make sure that everyone comes along on this journey uh, it's very hard to say at this stage. Obviously, it depends on what you're asking them to do. But let's yeah. let's let's use that as an example of uh, a virtual meeting. Uh, the best way is lots of time, lots of time and understanding of those impacts and those needs, but then a lot of support along the way. Obviously, you know, as well as I do in our own company, we use our B methodology for everything we do. So that's around the build, which is building the plans, mm -hmm. understanding the organization, people and project itself. In this case, it would be migration to metaverse, right? Then we go into our excite, which is around excite, excitement, communication, engaging, mm -hmm. really taking people on that journey with you and making sure that they're aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, we are going to be moving into virtual virtual meetings in the metaverse in two years time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a really great opportunity because here are the key messages. And then you obviously go into the equip side. So that's understanding the, the learning needs of every individual. Mm -hmm. What are their, ro their roles in the company? And when, ha when, when do they go on to meetings and how do they go on to those meetings? Right. For example, a salesperson is more likely to be on a meeting on a telephone, right? Than somebody who's more administrative, working from home yeah. and, um, and obviously going on their laptop. So mm -hmm. That immediately is a difference. It's a change in their personas. Mm -hmm. Understanding that and then that individual training needs is absolutely crucial. It sounds like this is a whole topic in itself, which I'm, I'm sure we're <laughs> going to cover in, in, in future podcasts. So, Absolutely. Well, so. it's supposed to be a short short podcast today, so we will, uh, we will definitely cover that another time. Great. I look forward to it. Well, thanks for the chat today. Anytime. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to make sure that you sign up for future podcasts with us so that you can keep ahead of everything that we are talking relating to change management. Thanks for listening and until next time, bye-bye.